Good Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, your host, and wow, what a weekend. This We knocked it out of the park here, folks, when this weekend. This is finally summer weather. You know, finally, you feel like you can get out there, barbecue, cook, enjoy your garden, get out there. You know, the weeds are just going crazy out there. Uh, I looked at my garden on the way out this morning, and I'm like, oh, I got to get out there tonight. The great thing about all this nice warm weather is it's the perfect time to weed, okay? I know it's a little tough on you as far as getting out there and doing it, but it's a great way to kill the weeds. So just light cultivation in the garden will knock down all those small weeds. So get out there and cultivate in those gardens early today, and all those little weeds will die all day long. You know, um, I just want to start off the show by saying thank you to all of our customers. Um, It's been a great spring season, and obviously spring has just begun and we're continuing, but it really has been a great season for us at Estabrooks, and and, uh, we really appreciate all the support you give us in, in coming into the garden centers. And, you know, thank you so much for coming in. And we've got a ton of new product that has just arrived in the last two days, Uh, so Stop by this weekend and check it out. Also, pick up our mobile app um, and check out some of the deals on there. And last but not least, our nursery sale that's going on 20% off trees, shrubs, roses, ground covers, and perennials. So it's a good way to save. You know, we're over Memorial Day. A lot of great baskets and annuals still available, of course, you know, vegetables, stuff like that. But, you know, now it's time to get back into the perennials and the trees and shrubs also. And, you know, the veggies have been going really fast. So if you're behind this year, you might want to get going because many of the tomato varieties are starting to sell through. We're starting to run low on certain items. Uh, If you're interested in some extra you know, lettuce, we have a buy one, get one free uh, promotion going on right now. So check that out. The big thing that I've noticed in the last week is I want to put out a big aphid alert, okay? There's a lot of aphid problems starting to arise out there on plants, Uh, not only in the garden center, you know, sporadically throughout, which, you know, having plants out in Mother Nature, that's going to happen. It's just part of the environment. So, you know, I want you to take a look at some of the plants you have in your garden. Specifically, viburnums are starting to have some problems with leaf roller and uh, also aphids, uh, achillea or yarrows are starting to show up. Some of the peonies we've seen a few on. Uh, so there's you know certain plants that are starting to show up uh, with problems out there. Uh, I noticed some on a little viburnum in in one of our gardens this this uh, spring so far. So with this warm, beautiful weather we have this weekend, it's also time for those insects to explode. Warm temperatures tend to just explode problems, and not only that, you know fungal problems. And so a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about some more fungal issues that are started to go on. But if you have some aphids, here's some of the different products I would recommend. Eight, you know, it's a little bit better than seven, they say. I don't know about that, but it's just one number higher. Um, Bare Rosenflower, neem oil is great, you know, and also Captain Jack's. Uh, Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew. I love that. Dead Bug Brew. So, you know, all those things would do well for aphids. You know, obviously, if you're having problems, you can use the mobile app, take pictures, send them to us, and or come into the garden center with samples. Snip off a little bit, bring it in. We'll identify what it is, get you the right things, you know, to take care of the problems. But now is the time to start really 
inspecting your plants. And I know now we've got enough growth out there. You know, things are happening. So when you're out there weeding and cleaning up, the best place to look for aphid problems specifically are on the newest growth that new two or three inches of tips of growth and or bud stems. That's where they're going to show up first. Uh, They may be underneath leaves and whatnot, but you're going to see them there. Um, We've seen everything from black to green to red aphids showing up in the garden center. So, you know, take a look. They're out there, folks. Okay? The other thing we want to talk about is now's the time to start thinking about putting down milky spore. Okay, for those Japanese beetle grubs. All right, now is the time. It's warm enough. We put it down. Now, I've talked time and time again on the show that milky spore is not a quick fix. It's a long-term thing you need to do to be proactive. I recommend you put it down every other year. And what we're trying to do is really build that spore in the soil for when the adults lay their eggs and the grub is forming in the fall and actually going into the ground. We're not trying to get them emerging out of the ground because they're already changing from grubs to adults. Now, getting it down now or in the next month or two will help replicate that in the soil. You'll have more and more and more milky spore in your soil by putting it down now. And what that does is it builds up in your soil so that when they lay the eggs, we're getting it on the way down. And that's why I recommend every other year And milky spore is not great for wintering over here in the state of Maine. In the upper northeast, it does not winter well. You know, there's statements on the bag, like, you know, but how do you prove it? You know, how do you prove that it's not there? You can't, okay? All you know is I recommend it every other year. If you're very diligent and want to do it every year, even better. It's just more cost, okay? But what we're trying to do is break up the Japanese beetle grub infestation every other year. Okay. Now, if you can afford it and you want to do it, every year is even better. It's, you know, in this case, more is better. Okay. You can't put too much milky spore down. I like to put it right over the tops of gardens, flowers, you know, put it right throughout everything. It's not just for lawns because obviously the grubs are in feeding in your, in your, uh, in your gardens and they'll also drop their eggs into the gardens. So it's not just a lawn thing. Now, will the major infestation be in your lawn? Probably. If you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. We are back live today. Last week we had tape show. Hope you enjoyed it. I was off in Long Island, New York, having a wonderful wonderful time with family at uh, my sister-in-law's wedding. It was a, a blast. The flowers were amazing. Probably the best flowers I've ever seen at, at a uh, wedding. Absolutely over-the-top, four-foot, beautiful uh, glass uh, vases on every table, four feet high with beautiful flowers coming out of them, you know, dappled willow coming out of there, and and beautiful orchids and peonies, all kinds of beautiful stuff. They did an absolute wonderful job uh, and did a great job of setting everything up, and we had a beautiful weekend. Got a little round of golf in, had a nice little break, you know, but... Back to the garden here, you know, lots, lots changing, you know, things are happening quick. Obviously in the lawn, there's a lot of dandelions showing up in broadleaf weeds. Now's the time to kind of take care of some of those things. You know, if you have questions about your lawn, give me a call at 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Let's talk about some fungal problems though, okay? 
The reason I wanted to bring up fungal problems this week was we've had a lot of damage over the winter, and we've talked about it numerous times, and we're not going to go into a lot of damage issues from winter today. But what comes along with damage are rotting leaves, falling leaves, uh, fungal problems from stressed plants. So now that a lot of plants are starting to push new growth and they're starting to kind of, you know, rebound, we need to watch out for some fungal problems. And we have seen some things that have started to show up, specifically on holly. Holly has really taken it, it pretty tough this winter. You know, a lot of people, the upper, you know, third to two-thirds of the plant have either defoliated, completely browned up and dropped their leaves, don't look good, rough season, you know. And we had this about eight or ten years ago, same thing happened. Now, blue hollies are, are, I would say, borderline here for us, you know, in a lot of ways. They just don't like our harsh winter winds. We have a tough time keeping them happy. Now, conditions where you plant them, obviously dictate, you know, whether they're going to do better or worse. So with holly right now, we have one in the garden center we planted last fall. The top three quarters of it completely lost all of its leaves. I mean, it looked awful. And I said to myself, boy, we got to really replace that. And then I stopped and said, you know what? I'm going to follow my own advice and I'm going to be patient. Okay. And lo and behold, I came back early this week And boom, all the new leaves are coming off all the old stems. But what I did notice is we had some some fungal problems starting. So I did spray the plant with some fungonil. Okay, so fungonil is what I recommend for, you know, a lot of these spotting issues that we're having right now. Okay, and the reason why we're getting this spotting, we've had perfect conditions, cool, damp weather. You know, now we've got heat and humidity coming this weekend behind it. So we're ripe for you know, some situations to start arise. So be proactive and get out there on the plants. Like, for instance, dwarf Alberta spruce. You might think about, you say, geez, I never had to spray my dwarf Alberta spruce before with fungicide. But think about it, okay? It's got all those decaying needles that are down inside. If you can shake some of those out, open up a little more airflow, give a little fungicide to it, you're probably going to find you're going to be much better off in not having any, any rotting issues inside. Okay, on your rhododendrons, a lot of spotting, a lot of bronzing, a lot of problems. Now, you, you say, geez, I've never sprayed my rhododendrons before. But we're having some problems here with the environment showing up. So I'm just recommending you take a look at it. It may or may not work for you. You may not have a problem. But take a look. But we might want to be proactive. Holly, I'm recommending everyone that has a holly that is having problems, go ahead. Let's be proactive on it. Uh, Because we've got all those new emerging leaves and we want them to be clean all summer and helping that plant kind of rebound. So if you have a question about some damaged plants or anything going on in your garden, a lot of problems showing up in the vegetable garden, and we're going to talk more about that as we go along, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Another thing, it's time to start thinking about pruning plants. I know it seems like we just started the growing season. But if you think about it for Scythia, past bloom, lilacs are passing bloom now, quints are past bloom, wagelias will be past bloom fairly soon, um, you know, beauty bush, spirea, you know, like spirea van hoots just starting now, but it'll be very quick and it'll be gone. 
So all those spring blooming plants, it's time to start thinking about, okay, now's the time to prune. Small leaf rhododendrons, your PJM, your Glow, Olga, Landmark, all of those, time to shear those. As soon as the blossoms start to hit the ground and it's not looking so great, now then it's the time. It's the time to prune. Large leaf rhododendrons will be passing bloom in the next couple weeks. So let's keep the pruner sharp because it's time to start thinking about that, especially with all the damage we've had. We've had a lot of damage on plants, and now if we want to rebound, we can go ahead and do that. So, you know, light prunings here, there, you know, thinking about pruning back. I took a rhododendron back to two feet a couple weeks ago to really rejuvenate it. It was damaged so much. You know, I sacrificed the blossoms. It's got 50 dormant buds that have popped off the stump, the stump, so excuse me, the stump, and really has exploded with growth. I put some nice holly tone around it. I'm going to do another holly tone here in a couple weeks, and then I'm going to be done fertilization. I'm just going to water in July and August. So a lot of things are pushing a lot of growth right now. We've had good moisture, but if you've been planting new things out there, keep up on that water. We've got nice summer heat. The vegetable garden, keep up on that water. This weekend is going to be very important. We're going to talk about the vegetable garden here. After the break, we're going to talk about some damage problems that customers have been coming in with uh, and why I think that damage is happening in the vegetable garden. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. You can buy your plants and garden supplies almost anywhere. Wouldn't you rather come to your local garden center? We're the independent garden centers of Maine, working together to ensure you, the customer, gets the best quality advice and service. Visit us at MainIGC.com to see the closest IGC member near you, then stop by your local member garden center, where we'll help you select the best product for Maine's climate and soil. We work together to satisfy you. Visit us at MainIGC.com. If you want a perfect lawn this year, you need to stop weeds before they come up. Bonide makes that happen with Bonide Weed Beater Complete. Bonide Weed Beater Complete is a total lawn weed control product. It prevents weed seeds from germinating and kills weeds that are already there. Tough grassy weeds like crabgrass and nutsedge, as well as broadleaf weeds like clover and creeping charlie are no match for Weed Beater Complete. Weed Beater Complete kills over 200 hard-to-kill grassy and broadleaf weeds. It works through the roots and shoots of a weed, killing it before it can get started or after the weed has started to grow. Available in a convenient granular formula for easy spreader application. Let's get you to a picture-perfect lawn. Stop on your way home and pick up some Bonide Weed Beater Complete at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Hollywood loves a good fish-out-of-water story. 
However, try placing an unfamiliar plant in a foreign spot and your garden could quickly turn into a horror scene. Native plants require less work, look better, and last longer, which is what makes the American Beauties collection of trees, shrubs, and perennials such a success. You'll find American Beauties ready to star in your garden right now at Estabrooks and Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. On another great Saturday morning, gosh, we keep getting these great weekends, wonderful weather to enjoy, and of course, we got the Old Port Festival this weekend. We've got a bunch of things, but obviously, I hope you get some time out in the garden. You know, we've got plenty of time to garden left. It's not a problem. And, you know, like I was talking about on the uh, beginning of the show, the weeds are going crazy in my garden. So I know I've got to get out there and do some extra weeding and mulching and cleaning. And so the work is not done, but I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be kind of fun. You know, um, I'm looking to add a few new things this year. I did have a couple trees that I lost last winter. Um, you know, after looking at it, I, the Nissa sylvatica I've talked about, the wildfire, it didn't make it. Um, you know, unfortunately, it, I had problems too. You know, I lost the burning bush that I had that had been planted there for a number of years to mice damage. Uh, so everybody's yard had some problems, including mine. You know, and the way I look at it is, hey, you know, um, I've lost a couple plants. It gives me a new opportunity to upgrade my yard. I'm going to put something else different. I'm really struggling with the choice, though. You know, um, you know, just like you coming into the garden center, there's so many choices. And, of course, knowing too much is not necessarily a good thing. And, you know, I've been looking at a bunch of different choices, and I, I'm really struggling with what to put in. I've got plenty of space. It's not an issue. I'm just trying to really make informed decisions. And like I've talked on the show, you know, I'm trying not to put more than five or six plants in a year. Uh, and really kind of be strategic in what I do. Uh, but in my yard, the apple trees bloomed wonderfully this year. They're really starting to size up and, and really look like a true apple tree now. You know, if you've planted some new apples, at this point, you know, if you start to see apples uh, showing up on the trees, it's time to start thinking about picking them off. Okay, newly planted apple trees and fruit trees, we want to take the fruit off. We want to let them size up and, and get better branching and more uh, put more energy into the growth than we do fruit as a young tree. So again, this year, we're going to pick our apples off of our trees. We're going to do a little light pruning this coming winter on them. But fruit trees, you know, another one we need to get another uh, fruit tree spray on at this point, uh, you know, to help protect. You're probably just passing bloom now. Uh, you're probably seeing white petals all over the ground, and now's the time to start thinking about going ahead and, and doing another application now that the flowers are off the plant. Pollination has happened, and now we need to do another insecticide, fungicide, fruit tree spray of some sort. So if you've got fruit trees, and you, you be proactive, okay? It's a perfect weather conditions to go ahead. It, you know, we're going to have some more rain middle of the week. Get a spray on in between. Let's talk a little bit about the vegetable garden. And I know you all have questions, so give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. So over the last week or so, we've had a bunch of issues and people calling and having problems with some of their vegetable plants. And it, it kind of comes back to a, a very consistent uh, 
thing that's going on. When you come in and you buy your vegetable plants and, you know, you buy them and maybe you bought them early, you know, say you bought them early May and you didn't plant them, you brought them home, you put them in the house, you put them out during the day, you put them in the house, you put them out during the day, trying to harden them off. Now, that's a great situation because we're giving them some sunlight, we're getting them direct exposure, you know, we're acclimating them to outside. But what also can happen is if you keep them inside too long, they get stretchy, they get weak, they don't get the sunlight they need, and then all of a sudden you put them out and plant them and we get sunburn. Just like us going out and working in the garden for the first two or three days, we get sunburn. It's a very common problem. It's very easy to do when you take them right out of a greenhouse and go ahead and plant them, okay? It can happen also. Now, I planted some basil in my garden, and I got sunburn, okay? No, not on my forehead, on the basil, okay? It's very common, so be cautious. I like to plant when it's an overcast day. Give it a day or two to get the roots underneath it. And then, you know, keep those acclimated. If it's a real sunny day, you might take a piece of newspaper and just put it over the top for a day, okay? Just get it acclimated, and then you can take the newspaper away. One or number of plants that are very easily sunburned are cucumbers, squashes, all your vine crops. All those little peat pots we sell, they're very easily burned, okay? They've got that real fleshy leaf. Basil's another one. But we've also seen it this year on tomatoes, and it's not just the sun that we need to be concerned about. It's also wind, okay? So if you're planting and it's a real windy day, you also can get a combination of sunburn and windburn, okay? We have also seen some fungal issues on tomatoes showing up, okay? People starting to get some yellowing leaves. Most of it goes back to what we found is sunburn and then we get a fungal problem starting, okay? So some light copper fungicide, you know, is a good thing if you're starting to see that pick off all the yellow leaves and spray down with a copper fungicide, okay? That will just help ensure that it's not going to continue to spread. But anytime we have damage on a plant, we're going to have decaying and an opportunity for fungus to come into attack, okay? So right now what we've been seeing is Definitely some of those things starting to happen because we've had issues. Now, people are starting to call and get concerned about blight. And not, we have not had any reports or I'm, I haven't been concerned that blight has shown up at this point, okay, on tomatoes. But what I have seen is secondary fungal problems showing up because of damage from wind and sun, okay? So get out there, inspect your plants, it's good to be proactive with some of these things. Copper fungicide cannot be applied too often, you know, as far as being proactive. Of course, if you spray it every day, it's not a good thing. Follow the recommendation on the back of the bottle. But now I'm going to go through and I'm just going to do a fungicide spray on my garden just to kind of knock out anything from the rainy days we had a few days ago. And then we've got some nice heat and humidity the other thing I'm going to do in my vegetable garden this weekend is I'm going to side dress my rows with some garden tone, okay? I've got things up there four to six inches. They really are looking nice, but they're a little light green, and they're finally starting to really actively grow. I always hold back on the fertilizer until I see plants really starting to actively grow and asking for food. With vegetables, 
we don't need a lot of nutrient until they really start to get acclimated and start to grow. So I tend not to apply any fertilizer until I see that. They're up, they're looking really good, you know, happy, starting to grow actively. You know, if you have a question, give me a call, 775-1310. So definitely on the vegetable garden, a lot of things happening. The weeds are starting to sprout for me also, okay? And so I've got to get in there and cultivate this weekend, you know, and be able to really, you know, clean that up and be ready for the next stage, which is my next crop planting. We've got Alan on the phone. Alan, how are you today? Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm doing well. Great weekend, huh? Oh, man, it's beautiful. Yeah, my my Alan, we're having a tough time. You're breaking up. All right. Okay. All right. Give us a call back. So on the vegetable garden, you know, all those little weeds are starting to show up. Now, sometimes it's really tough where you've seeded in maybe basil or you've seeded in, you know, spinach or whatnot. And it's really tough. That's why I always mark my rows. Okay. I'll cultivate the open areas, but I'll leave those seeds to come up and then I'll hand cultivate in between. I'll go in and pick out some of the weeds. You know, it's kind of delicate work. But it's something that you kind of don't want to get too aggressive with the hoe, you know, too aggressive with your cultivation in between rows. But leave those patches, you know, and don't get in there too quickly, okay? If you top dress, you're going to definitely see which ones are weeds and whatnot with your fertilizer because they're going to show up all of a sudden, okay? So a lot kind of happening out there in the vegetable garden and really looking wonderful. My, I can't believe how much things have grown in just a week. And actually, as we left the house this morning, uh, my wife's going to actually give a real nice big drink. Now, we had a lot of rain the last few days, but my garden's already dry again, okay? It's amazing how quickly things are drying out right now. So be cautious on your water. If you've been planting your annuals and your perennials and stuff, your trees, shrubs, it's important. Alan, Alan is back. Alan, how are you? Hi there, Tom. Sorry about that. That's much better. How are you? Yeah, it was a, it was the uh, cell phone versus the land phone. Uh, I know. Those darn cell phones. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, uh, I don't know if you checked your email yet, but I did send you a picture of a um, knockout rose, um, the double red. Um, one of the, the, on the leaves... Um, it's too early for Japanese beetle, I believe, right? It is. Yeah, and it, and it almost looks like uh, Japanese beetle damage, mm-hmm. but a little bit less, you know, more subtle. Um, okay. They're, they're like gray, almost like gray, they're gray dots. Okay, I'm pulling up the picture right now. Okay. And this is great, because Alan's been using our mobile app. Uh, this time, he's actually using my personal email, you know, but he sends me pictures all the time of just stuff in your yard that I love. Um, so let's let's see if it's loading up. But with roses, we've been seeing some damage and some lace, you know, like like material on the leaves. I suspect this is fungal. Um, okay. It looks like fungal issues. So what we had was early on perfect conditions. We've been really cold. We've been really damp, uh, and we've probably seen a little bit of black spot or something showing up. And what has happened is a lot of people 
all those little brown splotches drop out, and it looks like insect damage. But this is fungal damage. So again, mm. fungonil or something like that would work great on this. Um, and that's what it is. I can see some of the brown spots that have not dropped out. And this is the great part, folks, you know, about sending a picture by, via the app. We can have a conversation about this stuff and actually see it in real time. But that's what it is, Alan. It's fungal. Excellent. Okay, and also on the, the Prairie Fire crab apple, uh, yes. which I'm kind of surprised. I got a little bit of, I believe it's um, rust. Cedar apple rust. Yep. And I've been spraying it with a copper fungicide, but yep. I'm not sure if that's strong enough at this point. Let's switch over to the fungonil. The fungonil, okay. Yeah, yep. I think that's going to be a little bit stronger. It's going to be a little bit more entering into the leaf. The other thing we might want to try is that um, orchard, uh, the tree and plant guard. Okay. okay, which has the new um, fungicide in it, which actually tr- is what they call translaminator. Okay, and what it, you spray it on the top of the leaf, and it actually goes throughout the whole leaf. So oh, wow. it'll get on the top, but it also will move throughout the leaf to the bottom of the leaf, which is important with, you know, like a cedar apple rust or something. Now, we want to check the label. I'm not sure if it's listed for that, but, you know, certainly, you know, come on into the garden center and we'll look over the different products and make sure uh, we, we get whatever is appropriate. Sure. And who makes that last one? You Bonide. Bonide okay. does. Yep. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Well, okay. that's what I need. Perfect. Uh, thanks, Tom. All right. Thanks a lot, Have Alan. Have a good day. Oh, you too. Bye. So, you know, that's the one thing that I love about the new mobile app. You know, if you're having problems with plants, you know, download that app. It has take a picture function. You can just snap a picture. It uploads right to the app, you know, and you can send off a message. And, you know, the best time to diagnose things is when you're in the garden. Now, it's not real time. We're not going to answer it right away. It's not like, you know, we've got somebody sitting behind a computer. We are a garden center, folks, okay? We're out in the yard talking and looking with you. But if you take that picture and bring it in, if you're coming to the garden center, that's what I like to say. You can send the email, but also if you get there before you get a response, at least you're going to go ahead and get the information. You have the picture in your phone. But it's great because, you know, we can have an interaction. Sometimes it's good. Put your phone number in there. Because sometimes it's a bigger discussion than email. We may have some other questions, you know, whatnot. So it's good we may be able to call you and, and discuss like, like Alan and I talked about. You know, and I answer most all of our mobile app questions personally, okay? So they go to our website person, my cousin John. He forwards them on to me. I'll personally respond to you and let you know my thoughts on the problem, what might be going on. Sometimes I get pictures from people, just wonderful plants that are bought from us you know, that you're really proud of. Uh, I like to see those too because, you know, we sell these plants and we don't always see them again, you know, unless we're coming out to the yard and, and talking about something else. But, you know, it's nice to see plants, you know, just in their glory and how happy you are with them. So check out that. It's a really cool, um, you know, really cool thing. So I don't know. You know, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back from Moises of the Joy Gardening on News Talk WLOB. At Costa Maine Organic Products, we've known for a long time that plants love lobster just as much as people do. It's one of the reasons we started composting marine residuals back in 1996. And although we've had great success in getting gardeners and their plants hooked on lobster throughout New England, the Mid-Atlantic, and Midwest, the heart and soul of what we do is here in Maine. 
plants love lobster because the calcium and chitin in the lobster shells break down in the composting process and become plant-ready food that help to make your plants strong and healthy. And of course, the plants don't use any butter, so they're even healthier. So support your local retailer and Maine's lobster industry by using Coast of Maine's Quaddy Lobster Compost in your garden. Coast of Maine, a lobster compost company. Approved for organic growers by the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association. Visit us at www.coastofmaine.com. When it comes to your garden, there's plenty of wonderful plants that offer understated beauty. But what if you want something that's big, bold, and beautiful? For an instant blast of Technicolor Delight, Dinner Play Dahlias are the way to go. Named for their enormous blooms that stretch up to 10 inches across, these dahlias will add dramatic color to your garden, window boxes, and containers. A wide variety of fantastic colors are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. In a constantly changing world, shouldn't your garden be evolving with it? Endless summer hydrangeas have caused a revolution in the garden, boasting big, beautiful flowers on old and new growth. These aren't your grandmother's hydrangeas. The revolution continues with Bloomstruck, the newest addition to the endless summer collection. Bloomstruck offers striking red-purple stems, dark green leaves, and a bevy of blooms. Find yours now at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening, Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook. Ah, another beautiful weekend. You know, can't wait to get out to the garden center after the show. It's going to be a fun weekend. I love weekends like this, you know, because you're all coming in and it's so much fun just helping out and really enjoying helping all of you with all your gardening choices. So looking forward to it. The garden center has never looked better. I mean, all of our garden centers right now are just due to the late spring it's amazing. Certain things that normally are past bloom, I mean, even like pansies, you know, usually we're kind of passe by now. They still look great, you know, so it's amazing how compressed the season and so many things are overlapping for blossoming. And, you know, when I was in uh, New York last weekend, it was amazing to see the plants that were behind there. They're also behind. But now with these warmer temperatures, the things everything's kind of cramming together. So bloom times are kind of overlapping. And, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the June blooming plants that I love. Uh, June blooming plants I love. Uh, Wigilia, 
you know, uh, especially the dark leaf ones. I particularly like, you know, fine wine, wine and roses, uh, spilled wine. It, there's just a bunch of different ones. But those dark leaves with, you know, the br- brilliant, you know, hot pink flowers, uh, you know, are, are great. And then obviously the, all the new wajilias that have come out, the rebloomers uh, are wonderful. Viburnums are, are all in their glory right now. Uh, you know, Mauricii, Shasta, you know, the fragrance have already gone by, but, you know, the Placatum tomentosum types are just phenomenal. Rhododendrons are just starting to really, all those large leaves, the small leaves are past, the azaleas are kind of passing now, but the large leaves are really coming into their own. You know, the next week or 10 days, it's going to be amazing. And then deciduous azaleas are just starting to show their color. Okay, so, you know, you have your evergreen azaleas that are kind of passing now. Your small leaf rhododendrons are gone. Uh, Now we're getting into the deciduous azaleas. And then the summer flowering azaleas will be late in the month into July. So a lot of really nice things. Some of your lilacs, like your Preston hybrids, your dwarf Koreans, you know, they're starting to show their glory. The vulgaris types, you know, all those old-fashioned fragrant, you know, are still holding on pretty good. But they're kind of getting to that passe moment now. Coosa dogwoods, just amazing right now, okay? They're absolutely stunning. You know, this warm weather, they've really come on. I was surprised. I thought the Coosa dogwoods actually would take it pretty hard this year and not bloom very well. They seem to be blooming pretty well. So they're kind of coming on really nicely. And then, of course, the perennials. I mean, things are just starting to explode with growth. You know, you've got later on in the month, you've got your Shasta daisies that'll be glorious as usual you know all your yarrows are achillea your coreopsis is coming up and and just exploding peonies oh peonies come on staple um you know your cushion spurge or your euphorbia you know that brilliant yellow right now absolutely stunning delphiniums will be doing their glory here forget me nots Russian sage obviously is in August, but Nepeta, that blue, same type of blue, but you cat, your cat mints early on. Absolutely stunning. Poppies will be showing soon. A stillbe. Nothing better in the shade than a stillbe, in my opinion. And then, you know, peonies, we can't talk about them too much for July. I mean, June. 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 It's June. Don't push the summer too quick, Tom. Um, you know, so if you have a question about any of your plants that are coming up and how they're doing, do you need to divide or not? Give me a call. 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. Same thing about dividing. We'll talk a little bit about that. Obviously, we're past when we should divide. But we've had a bunch of people calling about ornamental grasses that have died out in the center and whether they should divide them or should not divide them. And, you know, I've got three big Miscanthus floridas that are doing the same thing. They're very slow this year to come up. They're not looking as full as they have been the last few years. Uh, We've also seen that in some of the pots that we've been buying in, Um, you know, It's been such a cold spring. Grasses are warm season lovers. Just relax. Okay, take a break on the grasses for a little bit. Now, if the grass is five or seven years old, maybe it is time to start thinking about dividing it. But I think we'll hold off and we'll do it next spring, early next spring. Okay, so, you know, don't get too anxious. You know, it's an ornamental grass. You can divide it later on. It's not a big big deal. Will it be as nice this year? Maybe not. 
but maybe it'll give you an opportunity also to add some different grasses. It's amazing how wide a range of grasses. I was looking over our grass selection, thinking about some other plants I wanted to add to my yard, and man, I've, we've got some nice grasses this year. I'm I'm excited about the grasses because I think they add so much color and texture, you know, in the late season when I really get to enjoy the garden the most. I love July, August, and September in the garden. It's my favorite time of year. I love fall. It's my favorite season. So grasses are a big staple. But, you know, don't get too wound up about your grasses at this point. They're still late. Things are catching up. But don't get too excited. Okay? Now let's talk about a couple questions that I have from customers. Uh, here's a question. My rhododendron and holly are leafing out from damaged areas. How much fertilizer is too much? I have fertilized in April and May. Should I fertilize again in June? Been using holly tone. Any advice would be happily taken. Okay, so here's the thing. We have been fertilizing pretty aggressively. I think you can go ahead in June. It's not a concern. My question really would be how heavy a rate have you been using? If it's been fairly light, you know, then I'd say, sure, go ahead one more time, okay? The other question I have is how often have you been watering, okay? If you've been watering often, you've been using up that fertilizer pretty regularly over the last couple months. If you have not and you've just been relying on Mother Nature, maybe we put a light dose in June, okay? We don't need to go real heavy, uh, the other opportunity is you might use a liquid fertilizer. You may use a miracle Grow or a Mere Acid, okay, to even stimulate a little bit quicker growth, okay, depending on how quickly that is popping out. One application is not going to be bad, okay? You're just going to activate things a little bit quicker. Again, I want to go back to what I was talking about earlier. We do want to talk about, you know, the whole situation of fungus, starting to happen on some of these plants. So get in there and clean out all those dead leaves that have fallen out. Get good airflow amongst the plant and use that fungonail to go ahead and knock out some of those problems. I, we had three customers in the Yarmouth store yesterday with the same issue on holly and the same issue on rhododendrons. So we are seeing some damage issues and some fungal problems showing up because of the damage we had. Okay, which is pretty common. I mean, obviously, if you have dead and decaying, you know, plant material, it's going to fester some sort of fungal problems. Now, is it a major concern on rhododendron? No, it's not a major concern. On the holly, I'm a little more concerned, okay? We're seeing spotting on very young leaves, okay? So get out there and kind of take a look at that, okay? So I hope that helps. If you have a quick question, give me a call, 775-1310 or 877-393-8255. So, you know, a whole bunch of things going on out there in the garden. The one thing I can say is go ahead and get out there and be vigilant. You know, get out, do a little weeding, do a little inspecting. You know, go look at your trees and shrubs that are away from the house, okay? You know, burning bush might have some aphid problems on it right now. We see that every year. So think about it. Go out, look at those new new terminal buds, the, thing, the new growth that's coming right at the ends. It's usually the first place you're going to find those aphids, okay? Here's another question. I always have problems with slugs. Just planting my annuals this week. What tip do you have to get ahead of them? And can I use these products in my vegetable garden also as I have problems there as well? So we've talked about slugs and getting ahead of them over the last few weeks. You know, I was talking about hosta and getting your sluggo down when the hosta were coming up. They still aren't that big yet. Hosta are not huge yet unless you've been fertilizing and really 
doing a lot of gardening, adding compost. You know, maybe they're fully grown out now, but we still have time. Okay, so we're going to talk sluggo again. Okay, good to get down. Now, in your vegetable garden, you might use sluggo plus, which has the spinosad in it which would be great for cutworms, okay? If you have a problem with cutworms, you can sprinkle that over the rows, and what that will do is knock out the cutworms, completely organic, but it will knock out your cutworms at the same time as taking out the slugs. We can also use that out in the garden, nice to kill earwigs and other things out there if needed, okay? So sluggo is going to be a great product. The other thing that's nice, where we have a lot of dew on the on the plants first thing in the morning, if you're starting to see slug problems and we got dew on the ground, we could also use that wonderful, wonderful product, uh, you know, silica, you know, diatomaceous earth, okay? Sprinkle that around like fairy dust, okay? Knocks out those slugs completely organic. Obviously, after each rain, we have to reapply that. But this is a great situation. We've got dry conditions. We've got nice moisture. If you have to, just wet down the plants. You know, if you're going away for a cookout or whatnot, do it this morning and leave it. You're leaving. Completely organic, safe way. You know, also knocks out a lot of other insects. All your, all of your uh, uh, chewing insects like ants, earwigs, stuff like that. So you can also put it on your walkway if you have a bunch of ant problems. Okay. So... A lot of different uses for diatomaceous earth, but actively we use it for slugs. But it has a lot of other, you know, great, great, you know, product uses. The ants, to me, can be just as big a problem as slugs, okay? So use that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. In a constantly changing world, shouldn't your garden be evolving with it? Endless summer hydrangeas have caused a revolution in the garden, boasting big, beautiful flowers on old and new growth. These aren't your grandmother's hydrangeas. The revolution continues with Bloomstruck, the newest addition to the endless summer collection. Bloomstruck offers striking red-purple stems, dark green leaves, and a bevy of blooms. Find yours now at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, and Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. When it comes to your garden, there's plenty of wonderful plants that offer understated beauty. But what if you want something that's big, bold, and beautiful? For an instant blast of Technicolor Delight, Dinnerfly Dahlias are the way to go. Named for their enormous blooms that stretch up to 10 inches across, these dahlias will add dramatic color to your garden, window boxes, and containers. A wide variety of fantastic colors are now available at Estabrooks in Yarmouth, Scarborough, or Kennebunk. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Regular old mulch leaving your plants wanting more? Casella Organics Nutri-Mulch is a superior mulch for improving any landscape. Made in Maine from aged native bark and earthlife compost, its dark color and rich texture are ideal for perennials, ornamentals, trees, and shrubs. Earthlife Nutri-Mulch is nutrient-stabilized with compost, so the bark doesn't compete with plants for nutrients. Visit CaselaOrganics.com or call 800-4-COMPOST for a source near you. Do you want a picture-perfect lawn this year? It all starts with using the best grass seed available. Bonide makes that happen with DuraTurf grass seed. Bonide is using the best varieties of grass seed available today for their DuraTurf grass seed mixes. When you start using Bonide's full sun, sun and shade, or dense shade grass seed mixes, 
you'll have a lawn that is self-repairing and naturally disease and insect resistant. Bonides DuraTurf Grass Seed is available at your neighborhood lawn and garden retailer. Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden Newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit EsterBrooksOnline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. Another great Saturday. You know, it's amazing how quickly an hour goes by when you're talking. And, you know, I want to thank Alan for calling. I just got another email from him. And, Alan, uh, yes, definitely you've got some cedar apple rust showing up on that prairie fire crab apple. Cedar apple rust, let's talk a little bit about it. It, It's it's a pain. Let's just leave it that way. Um, The alternate host for cedar apple rust is uh, juniper. Okay, so if you look around your yard or your neighbor's yard and you see junipers and they have these little orange gelatinous balls hanging all over them, that is cedar apple rust. And you have to have the combination of the two in order to have the disease on apples, fruit trees, crab apples, uh, cherries get it. It's a very painful disease. Now, will it kill the tree? No. Is it unsightly? Yes. You get these little orange dots all over the leaves. It's just kind of a pain, you know, and it's tough to cure. It's really next to impossible to cure. You can put it at bay, but it is a pain, and it's unsightly, and it gets worse as the season goes on. Now, one thing looking at the pictures from Alan is that he also has some other fungal problems going on. He's got some black spot and some other, you know, rust like things going on on the crab apple also. So there's secondary things going on. So Sometimes you may have more than one fungal problem attacking a plant. And prairie fire crab apple is a resistant variety for cedar apple rust and some of these other things. But Maine has the perfect conditions for a lot of these problems, okay? And, you know, we can see it on apple trees. We can see it uh, on junipers. We can see it, you know, on cherries. Uh, A lot of the fruit trees can get this problem. It's pretty common. Don't feel like it's your fault, okay? It's environmental. If you have junipers that have the gelatinous little orange balls on them, my recommendation is to take the junipers out, okay? Unfortunately, they really, that's what we have to do, okay? The junipers are the major problem. The apples and fruit trees are actually the secondary problem, okay? You can't have one with it without the other. It just doesn't work. Unfortunately, sometimes our neighbor has the problem. And we can't really get rid of that. So maybe we have to take out, you know, a, an apple or crab apple or, or something if we don't want to look at it. You can treat the problem. It's, you know, just kind of a pain. Okay. So, Alan, you do have some cedar apple rust starting. It is that time of year. You know, certainly rust and spotting on leaves are going to explode in this nice warm weather we have. So now's a good time to be proactive. Okay, so hopefully we can go ahead and get that applicated in the next couple of days. 
I've got another question from a customer. And if you have questions, you can submit them on our website, estherbrooksonline.com backslash radio. Submit your questions there. I'll read them on air. Do I get to all of them? No. Sometimes I just cover the topic. Um, but this one's a pretty common problem this year specifically. And we're, we're going to talk about butterfly bush, okay? Because it's, an ele- it's what I call an elevator plant. It'll grow nice and big for a few years, and then it'll die back. And then it'll grow nice and big, and then it may die. It's an elevator plant. It goes up and down, okay? It's butterfly bush are somewhat marginal here in Maine, okay? If you have the right spot, they do wonderfully. Where is that in your yard? Only the butterfly bush knows sometimes. But here's the question. Do you have tricks for overwintering butterfly bush? I've had them come and go over the years. Just wanted to give them the best chance to come back year after year. I don't think I'm doing anything wrong, but I'm looking for more advice. Common, common question. This year, there have been a ton of butterfly bushes that have passed on to another world. It is just the weather conditions. It probably had nothing to do with you. But here's a few tricks that I've learned over the years that I think really help in doing that. If you notice the people that do really well with butterfly bush, they don't do much to butterfly bush. Okay? So butterfly bush is one of those plants that towards the end of the season, it's really important we let it go to seed. If you are that person that gets out there and deadheads and cleans and always is meticulously just picking, picking, picking and wanting new blossoms, butterfly bush are not going to like you, okay? So we want it to go to seed in the fall. The other big thing is we do not, I repeat, we do not want to cut butterfly bush back in, in the fall. Leave it big and beautiful. If it dies back, that's fine, okay? But after July 4th, no more fertilizer. After August 1st, no more deadheading, okay? We want it to go to seed. We want it to slow down. We want it to go in nice and dormant, drop its leaves, and be happy for the winter. No pruning back. Keep that butterfly bush really happy. Okay, we're wrapping up the show for another week. Where do the weeks go? It's June. Old Port Fest this weekend. Maybe have a little fun. Get out there in the garden. Enjoy yourself. It's going to be a great gardening weekend. I'll be in Yarmouth all weekend. Come visit me. Come ask questions. Come talk to me. I'm excited to be out in the nursery. Get out there. Enjoy your garden. WLOBradio.com